Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, O oh God, that through it all, through every trial, through every situation in our life, you have always been there. And sometimes when we didn't think we could get through it, you brought us through it. You lifted us up, and we thank you for that today, Lord. And Lord, I pray let your word be a blessing to your people today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So good to see many of you here. I'm, I'm so happy to see Sister Polly. Polly has, uh, from the very beginning, been with us, almost from the very beginning. And um, I just love you. And Jairus and Alexandra, so good to see you with us today. Amen. Just, just love you guys. Hallelujah. God is good. I want to establish that a fact right here, right now. In James chapter 1, verse 16, the Bible says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no var variation or shadow of turning. Every good and every perfect gift has come from God. Not of ourselves, it is from God. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, Jesus said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Hallelujah. God is good. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I want to read the verses around that to give us some context of that. Verse 27, verse 26, I'm sorry. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 28, we quote that a lot, that, you know, all things work together for our good, but the context is in prayer. The Holy Spirit leading us in prayer when we pray and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in our prayer life and lead us in our life. Hallelujah. Good things are going to happen. All good things are going to happen to us. Amen. Hallelujah. All things work together for the good of those who are called by God and who love God. So God is good. Can you say that with me? God is good. <laughs> Praise God. In Mark chapter 6, I want us to go. I just want to. I wanted to bring that foundation before I really begin the message this morning. 
Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Last time I preached, I preached about the storm that came as disciples were on the boat and Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And of course, on the other side was the Gadarenes where there was a demoniac and we saw the grace and the mercy of God in that. And that how that when you're in the will of God, it does not mean that there's not going to be trouble or opposition. In fact, it probably will be <laughs> that case. So I wanna, I'm here to tell you something. If you feel like you have faced opposition or resistance in your life, get your head up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Begin to smile and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going somewhere because we're going to the other side. God has another side. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 6, and this, this, this uh, verse of scripture is, is kind of along those lines. In verse 45, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measured and marveled. Jesus, as we see in the story, made his disciples get in the boat. That really stuck out to me. He made his disciples get in the boat because this was after they got in the boat to go to the Gatherings. And so he makes them get into the boat, but this time Jesus does not get in the boat with them. He stays on the mountain and he's praying. And so the disciples, they get out on the water, and this is the Sea of Galilee. It's about 30 miles long, about 12 to 13 miles wide. It's very, very large. I, th I think that's the dimensions. Anyway, it's a very large, large body of water. And when the disciples get out there, here comes another storm. How many know you can go through multiple storms in your life? Well, that's great news, Pastor. Yes, it is. Yes, it is because you win every time. And so they're, they're on the water, and Jesus is on the land still, and he is praying. And the Bible says about 3 to 6 o'clock in the morning, Jesus sees them. Now, this is incredible to me. Because he does not see them naturally. There's no way he can see them naturally. It is dark. Between 3 and 6 o'clock, it's dark out there. And plus, they're out in the middle of the water. But in his prayer, he saw his disciples straining at rowing the boat because the winds were contrary. And so the Lord, in his mercy, comes off of the mountain. And he begins to walk on the water because he is God. Amen. He walks on the water to them, and when the disciples see him, they become afraid. They think that he is a ghost. Now, this is what I know about fishermen. Fishermen are very superstitious. I mean, even to the nutcase kind of way. There's a show, I'm sorry, I like, there's a show I like. Um, if you're a fisherman, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Amen. 
you, you're probably not you're probably not superstitious because you're saved. But I, there's a show on TV called The Deadliest Catch, and they 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 catch these king crab and opiate. Op, uh, well, no, not opioid. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're having a good time on that water. Um, um, <laughs> Opie, Opie, there we go. And so they, they fish with him. It's been a while since I preached, so y'all just hang with me for a while. <laughs> and so you, you see them, there's especially this one guy, when they're about to get up to bring up the nets, he has to hit everything, you know, wood, everything, you know, got to hit the wood and throw the salt behind your back. And, and uh, he's got this little, um, what do you call it, bobble dolls that he has to pat it on the head. <laughs> and then he like sings a song and all this crazy stuff. And in this time, I, they, they also were very superstitious. Remember that many of these disciples that Jesus picked were fishermen. And so when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they thought it was a ghost. It was in their mind because of all these stories of folklore and all this, these things. This is a ghost coming out on the water, and yet it's Jesus. And I, I think sometimes that we miss our blessing just as they were about to miss theirs because we don't recognize the Lord that is coming in the middle of our problem because sometimes he don't come like we think he's going to come. Amen. Hallelujah. And we have to know the Lord. I believe this is why fasting and prayer is so important. Listen, can I say this about fasting? Fasting does not move God. God's already been moved by his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. What fasting does is move us. It gets us ready to receive what God has already done. It opens it. It opens our spiritual ears and our eyes so we can see the Lord. We can know it, it brings more sensitivity for us. Amen. Jesus fasted. He fasted before he really went into his ministry. He wanted to hear what the Father was saying. He says, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't speak anything unless I hear the Father speaking it. Our problem is, is not the supply our, our problem is the receiving part. Boy, it's quiet in here, but this is the truth. God's already supplied through Jesus Christ everything we need. Our problem is we're, our receiver's broken sometimes. Our receiver is blocked up with other stuff, and we need to get that unblocked so we can hear what the Father is saying. That's why Jesus says, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. We live by the word of God. Your answer today is in the word of God, hearing his voice. Amen. There is a part of this story to me that is so, so curious, so, so mysterious to me. The Bible says in verse 48, the last line, and would have passed them by. Jesus would have passed them by. Y'all see that? He would have passed them by. And I, I begin to think, I wonder how many times the Lord may have passed me by when he was ready to give me a blessing. Because I just was not ready to receive. My mind was somewhere else. My thoughts were somewhere else. My, my thinking was, was on the wrong thing. And the Lord just, the Bible says he would have passed them by. But what stopped the Lord? The Bible says the disciples cried out. And I believe they had to cry out to God. 
Amen. It's like blind Bartimaeus. When blind Bartimaeus saw Jesus walking out of Jericho, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Sometimes we got to cry out. Oh, praise God. we got to lift up our voice. And so I believe they cried out and it stopped Jesus. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I believe that's the word of the Lord to you and I. Be of good cheer. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I, this, this past week, I, as I was going to bed, <laughs> Pastor Manny says the Lord speaks to him while he goes into the shower. When I go to bed at night, that's when the Lord speaks to me. I'm like, and uh, it used to irritate me, to be honest, I'm <laughs> because I want to go to sleep. <laughs> but that's the way the, the, Lord, <laughs> the Lord speaks to me. So I've learned to put a piece of paper and a, and a, and a pencil by my bed. Can I write, can I just tell you what I wrote down? It's really not, have, not too much to do with this message, but this it just really bless me. God is going to use the unlikely to bring a great move of his spirit in this world. And he brought me back to Saul before he was Paul. That God knocked him off his horse. <laughs> Saul was, was, was about to persecute the church. Well, he was persecuting the church, but he was about to really do some more damage. He was about to put many to death and, and in prison. He was, he was evil as evil could be, and yet God struck him down, saved him mightily. And what happened out of that was that the church, the church was afraid of Saul, even though God changed him. They couldn't, they couldn't believe that God could do it. He was the most unlikely person for the church to see that God would save. And what you're going to see, God is going to start to use the most unlikely people. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. God's going to use the most unlikely people to touch this world. Some of it's going to come out of Hollywood. <laughs> and some are going to say, oh, I don't know about that. That's, that's, just, a, that's just a money ploy or that's, that's just, that's just a, you know, whatever. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming back soon. And before he comes, there's coming a great revival. And God is going to use the unlikely. Come on, God's going to blow your mind. And some of us are going to be like disciples here. We're looking out on the water. Jesus has come. We've been expecting a great revival, but it's not going to come like we thought it was. It's going to seem like a ghost to us, like something foreign to us. But we better, we better spend some time fasting and praying and understand the voice of the Lord that sometimes God doesn't do things like we think he should. He will blow your mind. If God could fit in our mind, he would not be God. In fact, if it's my mind, he would be a little God. <laughs> That's right. He will blow your mind. Years ago, let, let me just give this one story. Years ago, I had this, this paper route, and um, I bought it for $13,000 at that, many years ago, this is Orlando Sentinel. And after about a year, I got tired of it because it was every day going out to throw papers. Even on Sunday, I would, I would, I would go, <laughs> and Sunday paper, if you all remember, that thing was huge. And so I would, I would go out in the car and throw those, those I had like 500-something papers I'd have to throw on Sunday night. And, 
And then I, you know, go, go home, take a shower, get dressed, go to church, and just by the end of the day, I was exhausted. And it was seven days a week, whether I was sick or not, I had to go and do it. And so I come to the place, I'm ready to get rid of this thing, and I'm praying, God, help me. I, w- I want to sell this route. And so I put up the route, and I'm thinking, you know, if, if I sell it for what I bought it for, it'll sell really quick. So I put it up for $13,000. Weeks went by. I didn't get one bite and so Cindy and I were praying about this thing, and um, I came home from my second job at that time was air conditioning, and as I come in the door, Cindy says to me, says, Scott, I think we're supposed to sell the, 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 the route for $15,000. And what she didn't know, God was speaking to me <laughs> while I was out there in, in the van working that, I, that God put that number $15,000 also. I'm talking about God will blow your mind. Things won't make sense. And so we put it in the paper for $15,000. That very week we sold that, <laughs> that thing because God wanted to bless us beyond what we were at that time able to receive. But because we heard the voice of God, we were blessed. I'm, I'm telling you here, God is a good God. He's wanting to bless you. He's wanting to bless you. There is a blessing for you. And you've been looking for, you've been looking for a certain thing that, that you, you've been praying for it. And, and maybe you've been looking for it in, in, in a certain way. But I feel like to tell you this morning, quit looking at it in your own, your own imagination and your own thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. How do we have to just trust in him and say, God, however you want to bring it to me, I will take it in Jesus' name. But help me to hear your voice. So the disciples thought, this is a ghost. <laughs> and Jesus would have passed them by. There's a, another story that's similar to that. It's found in Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 24, verse 15. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now, this is after the resurrection of Jesus, of course. They were on the road to Emmaus, a couple of disciples, and Jesus meets them there as they are talking about what happened that day. That, that, they, that Jesus, or uh, three days ago, that Jesus died on the cross. Verse 16, but their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. Think about that for a moment. Their eyes were restrained. These are the Lord's disciples. Their eyes were restrained that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversations is that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened these, there in these days? And then he begins to talk about Jesus' crucifixion. But go down to verse, 9, uh, verse 25, if you would. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. 
and he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Now this is what I believe the Lord is saying to us. There are some things that we are blinded to right now. There is a blessing that God wants to bring you. There is a way out of your situation. Thank you, Lord. That God wants to bring you out of it, but your eyes are restrained right now. The Bible says when he broke bread with them. Can I say it like this? When he broke the word with them. Hallelujah. In his presence, there is a, you will receive revelation. And I know some of us may be frustrated. We're like the disciples on the first story there. We're straining at rolling. We're just trying to keep things afloat. We're just trying to keep things going. But, man, we're just struggling, and we're tired of struggling. But I'm here to tell you, God says, I've got a way for you. I've got a blessing for you. Hallelujah. You can't see it right now, but it's there. You just, hallelujah, you just need to spend time with me, and I'm going to show you some things. Listen to me. This is for somebody here, if it's not a bunch, for a bunch of people, including myself. I'm going to show you some things that you know not of. What does that remind you of? Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. He's talking to the great prophet Jeremiah at that time. He's telling Jeremiah, call out to me, and I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. Listen, there's not a supply problem here. There's not a goodness problem here. God is good and God supplies. It's in our receiving. Oh, God. We're like a, we're like a radio station. Whatever you're tuned into is what you're going to get. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm wanting to listen to praise and worship music, I don't turn on to, uh, I don't know what the country music station is, but used to be K95, K, K something. <laughs> I don't turn to that country station to try to get praise and worship music. I'm going to be frustrated if I do that. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with this radio? I'm trying to get praise and worship. And they keep talking about adultery and drinking and all this kind of stuff. That's what country music is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love y'all. We get frustrated because we're, we're tuned into the wrong station. Spiritually, we get tuned into the wrong station. We're tuned into the news that's coming on TV. We're tuned into what's, what's coming on TV, what's coming on the radio, and we're not listening to the voice of God. And so we're frustrated. God, why aren't you moving in my life? And God says, I want to. Here's the blessing for you. I'm walking on the water towards you, but you think I'm a ghost. Oh, God, help us. God, help us. Hallelujah. I want to recognize the Lord when he comes my way. Come on. When, he bring, when that blessing starts coming my way. Hallelujah. <laughs> it may not make sense to my mind. Hallelujah. But I want to know the voice of God. How about you? Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and no other voice will they follow. We should know the voice of God and how he speaks to us. Because he is a blesser. He is good. Amen. Can you say God is good with me? God is good. Our expectation should always be in the Lord. In the Lord. In the Lord. Sometimes we're, we're, we have expectation of someone, someone trying to help us out of our situation. 
Listen, God will use that someone according to his will, but it's always God. It's always God. Even when I go to a doctor, I pray before I go because I've had some people I love to have had doctors kill. I'm sorry. Gave the wrong medication. That's the truth. In everything we are to acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Amen? Sometimes we go through problems, and we know that we're on the right station. We've been praying. We've been seeking God. We've been in the word of God, but we're frustrated because it's just not happening for us. But can I tell you something about God that, I, that you know and I know? God is a father, and he is teaching us. And he teaches us to wait sometimes and to have patience. I hear people say, oh, don't ever pray for patience. You don't have to pray that. God's going to teach you anyway. Yes, he will. Because you are his child, he's going to teach you patience. The Bible says let patience have its perfect work. I could preach a whole message on this right here. But I want to go to James as uh, the musicians come. James chapter 5, verse 7. James chapter 5, verse 7. Therefore, now remember, let's, let's, let's establish something here real quick. God is good. Yes, he is. <laughs> Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. I'm telling you, I, I hear the sound. <laughs> Hallelujah, rain coming. You also be patient, establish your hearts, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren. Don't, don't you blame your spouse. Don't you blame your boss. Don't you blame this. Don't grumble, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You may be in a waiting period right now, but keep your head up. God is good. God is good. And this is what I found out about the waiting period. The waiting period is just as important as the end result. Because it's there that you learn that Jesus is the lily of the valley. You learn, hallelujah, that he is the one that carries you through when you don't think you could go any further. Hallelujah. That's where you learn his voice and you learn his presence. And that's very important to learn because when another storm comes, you won't be like the disciples that go, oh, it's a ghost. Or, we're, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? No, you'll get up on that boat and say, peace, be still. We're going to the other side. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because my God is a good God. As the song says, he didn't teach me to swim to let me drown. He didn't build his home in me to move away. Hallelujah. He's a good God. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So this morning, I want us to think about our receiver. Where is our receiver today? Is it in the Lord? Is it in the Lord? Maybe some of us need to get our seat or receiver ref- our receiver fixed this morning. My expectation is in the Lord and Him alone. Hallelujah, Lord, we worship you, Lord. I can't tell you enough here today how much God loves you and how, how good God is. That the problem is not in His goodness. The problem is not in His supply. It's in the receiving part. Hallelujah. The devil would like to tell you that God's never going to come through for you and you're doing something wrong or you're in sin and all this kind of stuff, but the devil is a liar. Even if my expectation is in a, in a whole, whole pattern right now, God is in control. There is a season, David preached on this last week, there's, there are seasons, there's a time to, time for everything underneath the sun. And we got, we got to realize that today. God's a good God. Your season's coming. The fruit, the, the seed that you planted is coming. Come on now. It's coming in Jesus' name. It's coming in Jesus' name. Devil, you're a liar. It's coming in Jesus' name. I just feel like prophesying that right now. It's coming in Jesus' name. The devil's a liar. Hallelujah. It's coming in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Some of you need to get your, your head up, up, up in the air and say, thank you, Lord. My Redeemer liveth. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's coming in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's coming in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My receiver is on the Lord. Hallelujah. He's a good God. Would you stand with me? He's a good God. As he sings, I, I just want you to just begin to just begin to worship the Lord and maybe your focus has been in the wrong place hallelujah the Bible says we are to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ I want to tell you something the thought of Christ is never defeat never defeat it's always victory